We are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. On today's episode, I get to talk to a friend of mine who's paving the way for women in the crypto niche. If you're not sure what the blockchain is or what Bitcoin's all about, we cover a few of the basics in this episode and talk about how crypto is going to change the world. Introducing my friend, Marisa. Let's do this. Marisa, welcome. Hey, Beck, how you doing? I'm doing so good. Thank you for being here on the podcast. It's great to have you. I'm so happy to join this podcast. A lot of great people here. Um, why don't you start by telling people, uh, first of all, I'll just explain how we met. We met at 7 and 7 a little, a little while concrete. back. Yeah, in Barcelona, which was awesome. I think a lot of my guests are from 7 and 7. Yay. The group um, of people. Yeah. Uh, why don't you get started by telling people what you do, how you do it, and where you are? Sure. So first where I am, I'm currently in Medellin. I've been here for oof, almost three months and I absolutely love it. Uh, I have a site called She Knows Crypto and a community about cryptocurrency, specifically focusing on women in cryptocurrency and education um, in cryptocurrency as well. And I've been doing that, oh goodness, since about last summer. Um, I launched that platform right around the time we met. <laughs> it was, it was very near to the time that we met. <laughs> yes, um, Cool. So that's your sole project right now, right? That, that's your- That is 100% of my time. As you know, there's lots in the news. It's you, just keeping up with it is definitely two full-time jobs. Right. And so guys, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know a little bit about crypto or you're interested in it, you haven't gone into it yet, Marisa is the one to talk to. So I'm going to be asking her all the questions um, about how you can get started. And also, Marisa, let's talk about the future of crypto, especially for nomads, because that is something that I'm excited about. The future of crypto, meaning um, adoption for nomads, because we're seeing a lot more nomads really starting to, to finally catch on and yes. start investing and using it, um, not just investing, but also, you know, we pay each other in cryptocurrency sometimes mm-hmm. using each other's services as well. So I think that that's going to be a lot more, a lot more common um, going forward as last year. I've, I've been going to digital nomad conferences for years and talking about blockchain and Bitcoin. And they're like, what's that? Like, mm-hmm. that's fake money for years. And right around last summer was the time where everyone started asking me, didn't you have a Bitcoin thingy? Can you tell me how to get that Bitcoin kind of stuff? Exactly. Which is like, the catalyst of launching the education platform to try to help as, as many people really understand the what it is. Because everyone wants to make money with it. But nobody seems to care exactly what it is. Just tell me how to make money with it. <laughs> and that's kind of a problem. That's why people are losing money. Is I don't care what it is. Just tell me how to get it and where to put my money and that I'll have, you know, uh, $100 this week and $5 million next week. Just how does that work? <laughs> exactly. That was definitely me for a little bit. Let's, before we jump into all the crypto stuff, let's um, talk real quick about how you started being a nomad because you are uh, more or less nomading, even though you, you're loving Medellin right now. I'm loving Medellin. I was, uh, at the end of last year, when I met you, I did 10 countries in six months. And that was just exhausting. Just uh-huh. going all over Europe, um, doing, you know, working with different um, crypto meetups and groups and giving workshops about crypto. Mm-hmm. And it was just t- entirely exhausting. So when the holidays re- came around, I wanted to be warm. <laughs> so Medellin is warm and ended up uh, coming here. 
But um, yeah, so how did I get started? Um, I actually left the U.S., which is uh, where I'm from originally, about six years ago, but I left to become an expat and just stay in one place. And I moved to Brazil. And um, I did some consulting there. My background is in investments. I was in investment management in the States for like over 10 years. And uh, so I stayed uh, in Brazil for about four years. And what I started to see with the Brazilian currency, which is the highest, was it was starting to go down a lot. And that had never happened to me personally. I've definitely studied it in school and worked with different types of foreign exchanges. But when it happens to you and you watch the value of your money go down, it's kind of scary. So that's when I found out about um, location independence, about um, digital nomading, being able to earn one kind of currency but live anywhere else. And I thought that that was a good protection for me to be able to make dollars or euros and not have to um, be subject to the volatility of any particular currency in, in a country. So that's, you know, kind of boring reason to get it. I didn't want to travel the world. I wasn't searching for myself. I just kind of wanted um, to make some stable money and then really kind of fell in love with it. The traveling around. I thought I would stay in Chiang Mai. I ended up staying in Chiang Mai just a couple of months um, and did some slow nomading in Bulgaria. But I started out with uh, actually podcasting. I really liked um, podcasting and I had a podcast production company. Um, I worked on some immigration services for uh, nomads that were location dependent that want to be based in Europe and um, some sales consulting, some investment consulting, some that's my background, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. A lot of us do that, right? When people ask you what you do, you're like, oh, a little of this, a little of that. So I, I spent the last couple of years with, you know, using my, my background and experience um, in business and in investments, doing a little of this and a little of that. Um, up until last summer when just so many of my friends were trying to find information about cryptocurrency and there really wasn't a, a good place. So I consider myself at, um, education focused more than investments in the crypto part. And uh, I've been making that my, my full-time gig since then. And as you also know, when you're, when you're building something, it's kind of better to slow travel a little bit more. So hence the Medellin now. Hmm. Marisa, like, let me ask you a question that, you know, probably everyone's thinking. What the fuck is the blockchain? <laughs> what the fuck is the blockchain? The blockchain, you know, you can watch video after video on YouTube that talks about the different nodes and how the blockchain is like the internet. It's migrated from client servers to um, a network of consensus servers that we call miners and just make yourself silly with all the terminology. And it's usually the people that are explaining it are just developer dudes that mm. like they hear hash power and they get hard about it. Like, oh my God, it's great. No, it's fucking confusing. Just tell people what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it's a bunch of different computers that just verify information. Mm -hmm. So records, like you're one computer, I'm another computer. Do you have the same record as me? Is this right? And they agree upon it in a network. That's the blockchain. It's just to verify records. That's it. Awesome. So for cryptocurrency, it's verifying the transaction records of Bitcoin and, and who has what type of thing so that no one entity can control it so when people hear like decentralized that means nobody no one person can say you only have this much money in your account no the entire consensus has to say how much it is so it makes that fraud type of thing a little a lot more difficult so why is that important is it the fraud that's is it just to avoid fraud well when you have a blockchain and you have a network of just computers mm -hmm. why that was actually created with bitcoin in 2008 was to create a peer-to-peer value exchange system, a peer-to-peer, -peer, like directly from me to you, no PayPal, no bank, no nothing. And that the white paper that created that uh, in 2008 came conveniently two weeks after the Lehman Brothers collapse and the 2008, that the start of the 2008 crisis. Mm. So we're having problems with intermediaries not being very responsible mm -hmm. with our money. <laughs> 
and our, and our government not being very responsible with our money supply and how they just print money. So that was the theory behind this. Let's create our own value system. Mm-hmm. That's just you and I, peer to peer without an intermediary that will take a bunch of fees that may have another type of agenda or um, may cause some more, some more conflict. So it, it, the blockchain sounds so complicated, but it was created actually to simplify things, to take out that middleman um, that's a financial institution or a government or any of those things. Super cool. All right. So makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And uh, I have some knowledge of this stuff and I've read a few, I've read a lot of things, but it's like you said, you know, you like are reading something or you hear something about the blockchain and you're like, Hey, this is the time that I'm going to try to understand this crypto blockchain stuff. And then four words in, you just hear a word that you're like, I don't know what the fuck that means. And then what is like, maybe I could look that word up. By the time you've had that thought, there's seven more words that you're like, I, I don't have time to go through. Well, I think it's really strange that, that people keep tackling it that way. Cause you know, I, I still kind of remember life before the internet. Cause I'm a little older. <laughs> I remember that. And we, got the internet in our house and we got a computer, but nobody wanted to figure out like what, how the Ram was working with the modem. Nobody was trying to do that, but people are trying to do that with the blockchain. Mm. You know, it works. It takes Bitcoin from one wallet to the other one mm. and nobody can mess with it in between. That's basically it. All right, cool. It's value, value exchange and we don't need to know all of those different types of things to be able to invest in it. All right. So um, what is the, what are the most common questions that you get about crypto? Usually I get, what do I invest in? Because <laughs> I want to be a, a crypto millionaire. So what should I buy, Marisa? We're not going to be what talking you... about that at all today. That's like the last thing that we're be talking about. Right, right. Um, so, and, and usually, you know, I tell people you need, to, you need to learn a little bit about what it is mm-hmm. um, and about what it is because there's a lot of, you know, crypto experts out there that are trying to describe the blockchain and cryptocurrency and all of those things, but nobody really agrees on what it is. Mm. Everybody has an opinion. There's not a fact out there about what cryptocurrency is at this mm. point. And what I encourage people to do is think about that for themselves. Instead of Googling forever, you know, what, what is cryptocurrency to you? Is it money? What do you want to do with it? Mm. Do you want to store value in it like you would a brick of gold? Do you want to make a bunch more dollars? Or do you actually want to have cryptocurrency because you think in the future that that will be money and mm. will use that instead of dollars or euros or any of those things the way that we do today so it's still it's still really evolving in that sense okay so do you think that we will i mean some countries have just announced um i know here in thailand they announced that they're trying out omisigo as a some currency for something here in thailand and then there was another country maybe was it venezuela venezuela made their own cryptocurrency yes currency yeah yeah, the petro coin Petrocoin, yeah. Um, Not to be confused with the petrodollar. <laughs> Some people may have bought the wrong one. <clears throat> um, anyway, so, but uh, what was I going to say next? Blockchain. What? Oh, so there's, yes, there's currencies, and that's why it was created, obviously, for Bitcoin, but now loads of other stuff's on the blockchain. How does that work? There was a, there was a movie thing that was on the blockchain. There's loads of different ICOs that are like, Blah blah on the blockchain. <laughs> what is that? Is it the well, that's hype and it sounds sexy, doesn't it? Yes. Like, yeah, let's put Netflix on the blockchain. Why shouldn't we put Netflix on the blockchain? What does that mean? It can mean a lot of different things. So, if, in that example, if Netflix um, was on the blockchain, meaning it had, there was a Netflix token, mm-hmm. you could buy your monthly membership with the token. So you'd go buy a hundred Netflix coins, and mm-hmm. then you'd be able to use that to pay your membership. But when they're doing that, that they're, they're creating a token. 
and we're trading those things. Is that Netflix coin ever going to be worth like 10 grand like Bitcoin? No, because your monthly membership isn't going to ever be worth $10,000. Um, so I think there's a lot about ICOs is why. Um, why do you need a token? Why can't you use Bitcoin or Ethereum or existing token? Mm. Um, the, other, the other pieces um, that do work well with the blockchain uh, that people are doing, blockchain computing power, blockchain um, supply chain, because blockchain is a verification system. It's a master verification system that doesn't need an intermediary. So if your business needs stuff verified, like in a supply chain or shipments or something like that, that makes sense to put on the blockchain. But pizza really doesn't make sense to put pizza on the blockchain. <laughs> Unless it's how to make the pizza and you want to verify the toppings. Those <laughs> toppings. But yeah, that's what people, when you see this blockchain stuff, it's a verification system, an agreement system. So if there's nothing to check, then there's really no reason to put it on the blockchain. That other makes, than it's sexy and people are making a lot of money. There's a lot. Yeah, it reminds me of like, um, you know, when people are like putting pizza on the blockchain or whatever. I'm like, what? I don't think that's, it's like when I, am, uh, when you meet people that are like, Oh yeah, it's like Tinder for food. It's just like why though? But why? Why do you create this business? Not really. There's no need for it. It's just something that you thought sounded cool. Um, okay, so right. I think so. More and more, there's going to be things on the blockchain that need to be verified, right? And there's no right. consensus right now of. I mean, yeah, you need a token or whatever. But how many tokens do we need to buy? And how do you buy them? Like. Is, this, is it going to be easier in the future to deal with this stuff or are we all going to have to learn to buy loads of different tokens and figure it out? You know, I really don't know how it's going to evolve. It doesn't make sense that there should be a pizza coin and a water coin, this coin and that coin. Mm -hmm. How do we have our money today? We've got money divided up by countries. This country uses this currency, that country uses. So if we're going to be borderless, how many different currencies do we need? Do we need currencies by communities? Does it make sense to have a digital nomad coin so that we all can trade amongst ourselves? Mm -hmm. uh, and what is that, what is that value? Because when people think about any cryptocurrency, they think about usually it's dollar value. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to invest more dollar. I'm going to invest dollars in Bitcoin, for example, so that I can make more dollars with Bitcoin instead of I'm going to invest dollars so I can have more Bitcoin in the future because I'm going to actually spend Bitcoin to buy things. I paid my uh, rent last month in Bitcoin and that, that, that is still a thing. So instead of thinking like how many dollars is my Bitcoin worth? How do we think about dollars themselves? You know, how, how much dollars do I need to fly somewhere? How much dollars do I need to fly to Bangkok or to rent an Airbnb? We don't think of dollars as converting to another currency. Mm. And that's where we are now. People aren't sure what to think of what the thing is other than I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to make a thousand percent and get more dollars out of it. So that, I know that's, that's a craze and that's a hype that's going to that's gonna settle down mm. um, and tell people figure out what the next thing that we want to do with it is. You know, what are the other benefits of cryptocurrency? It's easy to send. I can send you Bitcoin in like three seconds instead of having to go through the bureaucracy of a wire transfer or PayPal taking like 6% or some silly thing like that. Mm. So when people start to value the actual characteristics of cryptocurrency as opposed to fiat, then we'll start to see a little bit more of a shift. Um, I know that uh, from some of the nomad conversations I've seen about cryptocurrency, there's a lot of talk about power usage. What are your thoughts about that in the future? Of yes, there is a lot of talk. And I get, you're asking which questions I get. Um, I get that a lot as well because a, a lot of the miners are in China and mm. it's, it's expensive for energy and it's hot. So you've got a bunch of these computers that sit in a warehouse that are taking energy to do the computing. Plus they have to be cooled so they don't blow up because it's so hot. 
-hmm. So there, um, there's actually a, a big push to locate a lot of miners in cooler areas, like uh, in Alberta and Canada, to where they don't have to worry about that problem. But you know, for me personally, I'm I'm a big blockchain enthusiast. I, I as you know, and I think there's hope that the blockchain could save the world, <laughs> save us from government, save us from all of these mm -hmm. other things, um, create better, um, reduce the income inequality, all those wonderful ideas that are bigger than um, the carbon footprint currently of what it is. So in the future, if we can solve these other problems of government, government, money, intermediaries, all of those things, we can decide as a society that, you know what, all the miners have to be renewable energy. We're going to put solar panels on all of them. And that will be the answer. Instead of not pursuing a technology right now because of the short-term harm, mm -hmm. I just hope that you know, the short-term is actually short-term, that it doesn't, we don't have so many blockchains that it starts to heat up the planet more um, at this point. But that's, it's definitely a concern. It's just not a top priority of, mm -hmm. for the technology. It's, people want to know, is this a thing? Right. And I think we have a thing, and it's going to last. Okay. And what are we going to do with it? Are we going to use it for money? Are we going to use it to verify documents? Like, people haven't decided what we're going to do with it yet. Mm. So once we solve that problem, we can solve the energy problem for sure. I really don't think um, implementing blockchain on everything would definitely cause the global warming if we have miners all over the world that are doing that. So we definitely have to solve that. And I agree with anyone that says that. Cool. Um, what about security? I know you are very knowledgeable, knowledgeable about the security aspect of um, crypto. What are your concerns? What are people doing wrong when they first get started? And how can they avoid doing those things wrong? So that's, that's another thing I try to, to put in all of my education is definitely about security. Because when people think about cryptocurrency and how risky it is, they think about the investment risk. Like today it's 10,000, tomorrow it's 5,000. Mm -hmm. The biggest risk is that you're just going to lose it because you're not securing it properly. So um, one of the biggest mistakes people make is they put a large amount of money in an exchange and they leave like, 10 grand in Coinbase or 20 grand in Coinbase. Um, and that exchange actually holds your private key that unlocks that cryptocurrency. So if you don't have that key, it's really not your money. And if that they store it in a regular database, they don't store it on the blockchain. It's in a regular database. So if that database, that normal database gets hacked then someone can go in and steal all of your cryptocurrency and you can't do anything about it because you just left it in exchange. Mm. Uh, so what I recommend to people is getting some type of wallet. Um, you can get a hot wallet, which is something that's um, on the internet, on your phone pretty easily, and just make your trades, put in your fiat money, and then move it off the exchange immediately. Because uh, they are definitely, any of those are vulnerable to getting hacked if you don't have your own private key. So you need to move it to a wallet where you own your private key and you know what your private key is. If you're going to be a more significant type of investor, um, there's cold storage where you create a paper, paper wallet that's offline. And you just take your 100 grand worth of Bitcoins and you put it in a cold store wallet and it's not on the internet anywhere. It lives on a piece of paper. Um, so that's something to do. <laughs> Scary, we're back to paper. Um, and if you're somewhere in between, I know it's a little difficult for the nomads because we don't like to carry a lot of stuff, but you can get one of those little hardware wallets. It's just like a little USB and keep your crypto there. And a lot of them hold different types of coins as well. That's something like that. So the number one mistake I would say is definitely if, if you start investing more money to move it off an exchange into another type of wallet, any other type of wallet. Like a coin wallet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Coldstoragecoins.com. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else that you can think of uh, that you want to uh, get a message across to people about crypto before we move on to the quick buy round? Sure. Um, I mentioned before that I, that I focus my education on women and I find it a hard sell. A lot mm -hmm. when I talk to women entrepreneurs, 
Um, a, because I think they, they think it's too technical. It's got the, you know, computing technical piece and finance technical stuff. So it's two not sexy things that we don't like. Ooh, money <laughs> and all of this computer stuff and cold storage. And what did you say with the wallet? Like all that. And it's kind of intimidating, but I believe that tide is turning and it doesn't have to be as, as complicated. Don't let, you know, some dude mansplain you the blockchain. It's not that complicated and, and you can get it um, very easily. So I would definitely encourage more women to to take part in that. And then as well, for me, it, it's also about women having more financial freedom as well. As you know, I'm going through a divorce. If I didn't have my own wallet that was all mine, that would have made my life a lot difficult, a lot more difficult in the last um, several months. So having, having a, a nest egg in cryptocurrency as well um, can create financial security for women. I like that. That's a really great point. Um, all right, so let's move on to the quick fire round. You sure. ready? What do you got? What do you got? All right. <clears throat> um, tell me about Medellin. Why do you like it? Medellin. So, you know, as a nomad, we know that you know the landing transition period is always kind of tough. Where you're going to get your internet, how you're going to work, all of that. Medellin is just super easy. It's one of the easiest places that I've just landed and got the thing and found a place and. Um, and have a great community of nomads. It's a big hub here. So there's always people coming and going. Um, it's also very diverse. Not everybody's doing the same thing, um, which is really, really cool. Mm. Um, and the weather's perfect. It's eternal uh, spring. It's never more than like 25 or 30. So a hot day is like 32. Oh my goodness. Or like 85 degrees Fahrenheit. And then it goes just cool enough at night to open the window so you don't need air conditioning. Wow. And you can wrap yourself in a blanket. It's perfect. It's actually the weather. The people are beautiful. All the people are beautiful. They're very kind. So I would say that, you know, as far as nomading, medicine is just easy. All right, cool. What is your favorite book that you've read recently, if you're, uh, if you're a reader? Oh, my favorite book that I read recently. Um, oh, goodness. One. Oh, I read uh, recently. It's an old book um, that's called The Four Agreements um, by Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, I loved it so much. I tattooed it on my arm. <laughs> wow. It's, that, it's a little tiny book, but it's agreements you have with yourself. One of those, you know, perspectives and mindset types of books. That's not like all green. Um, it's about the Toltec prophecy. So highly recommend it. Okay, great. Um, what is your best nomadic experience so far? Uh, the seven and seven conference where I met you and a lovely bunch of people. It was the most different type of, uh, event that I've been to, um, as far as digital nomad events. So that was the best, uh, experience for sure. Awesome. Are you going to leave Medellin before the next seven, seven conference, which is there? Unless I become a resident, I need to. <laughs> yeah. Are you on uh, yeah, I'll, or six I'll be in, um, Europe. Oh, right. Um, okay. Summertime ish. Yeah. What visa are you on right now? It's just a tourist visa. Okay. But most, depending on your passport, most people come here and get three months and then you can pay like another $30 and stay for another three months, which is why a lot of people come here because the mm. window's open for six months for most, most people if you want to just stay and come back and mm. tour around South America. Cool. What is a weird item that you pack? A weird item that I pack? You pack something weird that you need to carry all the time or something that you must have you can't live without, live without. Well, I think we already mentioned the hardware wallet. That one's, um, that one's pretty important. 
And then for us girls, like the, the menstrual cup thing, I have to have that. You can't buy that anywhere. Yeah, so yeah. you have to travel with that thing. <laughs> Sorry yeah, guys. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of and essential. Stuff. So, yep. Those two things, not sexy, but those are the two things I need. <laughs> All right. Um, what is your advice for someone who's thinking about going nomadic, but hasn't taken the leap yet? Um, I think the most common thing that I hear from folks that always ask me about it is, have I saved enough money? People are always worried, like, you know, do I need 10 grand I need this, or my income stream and just, you know, go out and do that. You'll never have enough security um, in that. It's never enough money that to have saved or job security type of thing. People are like, well, I need to have this certain job for a certain amount of time. You know, it's more of, more of the mindset. And if you're ready to, to go out and do it, trust the universe will take care of you and, and get out there and do it. All right. Great. Um, if people want to find out more about crypto and want to learn more about it, et cetera, and follow you, where can they find you online? They can find me at um, sheknowscrypto.com or my Twitter handle is sheknowscrypto. And I have a Facebook group um, that's free for people to ask questions. Um, it's also called She Knows Crypto. Nice. You've managed to get all the same name across social media. All the same name. Wasn't that amazing? <laughs> that is, that's pretty lucky. Um, I'm like the Beck Power at some places and other places Beck Dot Power. I should really deal with that at some point. <laughs> uh, it's just another thing. Um, so awesome. Hard, yeah. So if you listen to this and you're like, yeah, crypto sounds like uh, it inter sounds interesting. And maybe if you're thinking I want to make loads of money quickly, don't go and talk to Marisa because she, she will give you a virtual punch in the face. But, um, <laughs> but if you're thinking like me that crypto is, uh, is definitely some part of the future, then check out Marisa's course. Um, what's it called? Uh, crypto Boost. Crypto Boost. Uh, yep. Check out that There's course. And it, that's for real beginners, right? Right. If you're just starting out and you want to know about security, what the thing is, um, there's investment strategy in as well. Um, so it makes sure that you get yourself set up safely with your mindset and also with security. Wicked. Marisa, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. The yes. Thank you so much. This is great. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. Every week, I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.